Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Chad take flight to Westeros in a song of fire and blood as they recap and react to the highly anticipated Game of Thrones prequel series by HBO, The House of the Dragon. So, what's the Rogue Prince? podcast i'm pixel nick and join with me is chad and this is the house of the dragon campaign series recap and reaction of episode two dubbed the rogue prince while it's not a lot about the rogue prince he uh yeah yeah. it uh (laughs) he's definitely in it and you know it's he's a big driving force of some of the most actionable drama um, but before we get into it, shout out Dad the Cap for the music on the intro, of course. And do yeah. go check out our website, showboysmedia.com. We have lots of cool stuff over there. It's looking really nice. And particularly go check out the D&D uh, campaign page where the stream team plus Mike are working on some really cool stuff. Um, but all that aside, we're here to talk about House of the Dragon. and. I I mean, it's just it's going good. It's going good. This this episode, um, not as strong as the first, obviously, but I think they're you know keeping with their pacing. And to me, it was kind of like a a callback to some early Game of Thrones like episodes where there there truly are just kind of like narration, kind of like yeah. plot moving episodes where it sets up a lot of stuff later. It's not constantly action. So you know, coming off of Game of Thrones season seven and eight. Right. Obviously yeah. It's just like action, action, action. But then like this reminds you that there's a lot of Game of Thrones where it's just setting up some stuff. Um, but there is just so much stuff going on too. I think if you're not completely dialed in, you kind of don't know what's going on. I kind of yeah. had that feeling from this episode, which kind of worries me a little bit for like the average viewer and like the average critic on the internet, which might start jumping down the show's throat. I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of I, I I felt that vibe, at least thinking that it was not as strong as the first episode, like the first half of this episode. But by the end, I was like, yeah, yeah dude, this this is great. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to say it again, but I'm in 100 percent on all these all these stories like I'm digging it. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely I'm I, I'm yeah, I'm definitely speaking about like moments, not the episode. on a whole. Yeah, like it had those moments, whereas the first episode was kind of void of the, all those moments. Everything's really exciting. But maybe it's the first episode we got. Yeah, they got it the first time. Yeah, everybody's worried that if it's going to live up to Game of Thrones, so they got to come out with a bang. So, yeah, you and I the only other thing that I might be a little concerned with is just how many time jumps we're going to get through this, because. I believe there's like a six month time jump between the first episode and this episode. And I don't know if you 
watch the preview for next week. I but started it looks to like even a, a bigger jump in, in started, that one. So. I started to, and the thing I saw like right away, I was like, "Wow, I am not watching these anymore yeah. because yeah. like those aren't fun." Um, right. But then, yeah, even in this episode, I was start. I definitely like wanted to mention that I definitely think we're going to be in a linear time progression here. We won't be jumping around. That's yep. official at this yeah. point. Yeah, um, I agree. If at all, maybe a little bit, but I really don't think that's in the cards at this point. Very linear, but they're going to be basically, it seems, time jumping to the point where they're just going to say, hey, everyone's older now. Well, the two girls are older now, so Alicent and Rhaenyra get yeah. new actors. And I got to, yeah, I got to be honest, I, I'm a little bummed about that. I mean, obviously, I'm sure the other actresses are going to do a great job, but I like these two. Like, they should have just yeah. stuck with these two. I don't know why. I, I mean... I don't know why it's not that big of a time jump that you need. Maybe it is. Maybe it's t- 10, 15 years, but I like the two that we have right now. They're young looking, obviously, but I, I just don't know how long this story pans over. Like, cause I know the, the actual war, the civil war is like three years, but I don't know how long of a story we're telling. Cause another piece of news that came out this week is we're getting a season two, which I think we kind of assumed mm-hmm. we were going to get season two. And then I had read that the showrunner said that they're planning four or five seasons of this, which is sweet. Cause it's like right in your little four season wheelhouse that you like. That's the spot. But I don't, I don't know like how quickly we're going to go through everything. Like, could they have not just did the first season and then progressed into season two with the same actresses and just told the later storyline instead of jumping to. That's a, that's a good know? point. Maybe, maybe they will start time jumping here out of necessity maybe and then we'll get to see things that happened like during this time right yeah, yeah um maybe they'll start that with that said given that there are at least four seasons you would almost think there would have to be some room for that because it would be really unfortunate to kind of tell those two actors to kind of like go pound salt um, well it's yeah it's a bummer because the the one that plays rainera there was like a story that she was like a freaking waiter before she got the role mm-hmm. on Game of Thrones. And it's like, sorry, you're going to be on the show for like five episodes at most. And then you can go back to waiting. <laughs> there, is, there is something about her character that is just like so enticing. Like, I yeah, really like I her character a lot. And I the agree. way it's acted too. Like, it's almost, it's a little, it's like purposefully like bland. She like really captures that. Um, if you've ever seen The Crown, um, same kind of thing. Like she really encapsulates like a young Royal. Yeah. Right. And yeah. just that attitude because like they grow up a certain way. They're not necessarily like full of character. Sometimes they are very kind of bland at times, but like it's, it's so well positioned. And I, I think she's, her character is a little naive as well, because I think, I think that in her heart, she really thinks she's going to become the heir, like yeah. sit on the iron throne one day. And I mean, you can see that it's not probably going to go down that path, obviously. But um, I, I do really, I, I don't know. I just enjoy every scene she's in. I don't know what it is. I, 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 I just, maybe it's the story, maybe the dialogue that's going on. But every time she's on screen, same with Allison. I really like Allison, even though there's really not a whole lot of meat to bite on there right now. Yeah. You know, she's pretty quiet. She's got a, a nail picking issue for whatever reason they keep showing over and over. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. It just seems odd that they're going to move away from these, these two actresses. Cause I think they do a good job, you know? Yeah. I can, and it's going to be, it's going to be even more awkward because I don't think anybody else is getting different actors. 
So, yeah. so they're all going to be the same actor and then we're going to have these random too. So we'll see, maybe it, maybe it, it plays out well and it's, it's seamless, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be a little jarring, obviously. But well, I kind of backpedaled my statement then a little bit. They might introduce some sort of jumping right with timeline eventually here um, to show more stuff, because I do feel like there are things that are happening, especially in this episode, things that happened off screen that they could show later on, uh, particularly around the high towers, because for the most part, Otto plays the good hand of the king. But like you definitely know that's not the case yeah, um, yeah. because he always has his like smoke smirk moments where like, yeah, we know what you're up to kind of thing, right. but they don't show any of that, which is interesting. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think that I, I I'm going to probably bet that we're not going to be doing any kind of time jumping just because of how quickly everything's moving. Like between episode one and two, it's been six months and, yeah. and it looks like it's going to be like a year or maybe more between two and three. So I think we're moving, maybe we're just moving quickly through the setup of the war. And then we're going to, once we get the new actors, we're going to slow it, pump the brakes a little bit and continue the story there for the next couple seasons. But, and, and I think it's where, I mean, we always have to remember too, um, they're telling a story from what is otherwise like a history book, right? right? This isn't a verbatim, like, you know a novel what they're basing this on. So they are kind of dramatizing what is otherwise a history book. And yeah, you know, they, they have a lot of ground to cover in so many episodes. And like you said, they have to get somewhere at some point, um, right. they have to get to like the war. So right. how do they best like jump through the, the spark notes here on like, this is what happened before. And this is how we got here. Yeah. I, I had read that they, I don't know if it's a rumor or what, but that they're planning to do like, like I said, four seasons of this. And then they're going to keep that House of the Dragon name and move on to a different part of the Targaryen timeline, mm. like Aegon's Conquest, something like that, do four seasons, move on to it. I'm like, here, I really want to see Aegon's Conquest outside of outside of Robert's Rebellion. That's like my most, yeah, like my top pick, probably. So I'm here for it if if that's what they do. And the, the other thing that we have to talk about right when we get into the episode here is that we finally got the intro that we were talking about. Uh, so, so I thought for sure, I think I may, maybe even said last week that there was a good chance that just that Targaryen logo popping up was the intro, but knowing HBO and knowing that all their shows have to have like a minute long oh, yeah. intro, you knew it was coming. And I, uh, I loved it for multiple reasons. A it's Valeria, the, the model in Viserys's room. That's what we're going through the blood it's going through the family tree of all the Targaryens. So if you look, the blood is like going down through all the different Targaryen houses and you can see the ones that got married to coming yep. together and stuff. So blood it's really dragon. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool intro. And they kept the song like, come on, bro. Like I'm in <laughs> for sure on the song. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was like the week of maybe when they've, you know, even with I, don't, I really think I noticed it on the first episode was, you know, the fact that they kept Game of Thrones above the title. Right. So, right. We talked about this last episode officially. You know, they are dubbing this IP is the Game of Thrones IP. Right. Um, new title sequence, which is great. We needed that uh, yeah. because you got to have the HBO. Uh, and then right. Right. Roll, exactly. roll, the, roll the theme um, yep. with like a really, really badass visual. But right. I like the move to keep the Game of Thrones theme song because the theme song and the style 
of the intro cinematic is basically their version of like the Star Wars credit, right. credit yeah. crawl, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. You see that, you know what you're about to watch, blah, blah, blah. Boom, you get the theme song. Actually, it's yeah. the HBO theme song. Whatever's on the screen doesn't matter. You are in the world of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I agree. I agree um, 100%. Yeah, no, nothing hits better before a Game of Thrones episode of any sort man. than that song, man. That end of that song is just gets you jacked up to watch the episode. It's so smart. It's 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 very very smart because you don't need you don't need there's nothing wrong with that song. There's nothing no, wrong with I it. Agree. You can play that forever. Um yep. just slap a new a new whatever right new dialogue in front of yeah new diagram in front of it and run us through it keep going i i'm curious if like uh i'm trying to think because i had a little bit of thinking that maybe what were we going through a mock i mean we were essentially going through a model in the original game of thrones intro right like that was a model of all of westeros yeah it was it was kind of like an um an abstract Uh, like rendering map, like inside map, out yeah. world of it um, right. but then i did like to think that the um the like kaleidoscope thing it, at, in the in the where all the maesters are trained yeah um, the astrolobe i looked I like that the, up I, yeah i like to think that's what it's based off of kind of because it had all the similar stuff so yeah, yeah. except yeah. this i was like this is because what gave it away when it at the end for me was like where you see the main the like part of the city yeah. city. I yeah. was like, Oh, that's, the, that's definitely the model from right. Viserys's room. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they end on the volcano too. And you can see the blood like seeking, seeping down into the volcano. So I don't know why I missed this, but I, I'm pretty sure that the doom of Valeria was obviously caused by those volcanoes. Like, I don't know what, how I missed that. I thought it was just a mystery. Like they didn't really know what happened there. But they literally built Valeria on top of 14 volcanoes. Like, piss poor idea there, Valerians. I, ap- I apologize, but not the best place to maybe build a city. I mean, but it some- is cool that they show that in the, in the, uh, you know, with the House of the Dragon logo at the end. Yeah. Something about like, you know, when there's a thousand dragons and like the way that whole city was built, I'm just asking for trouble. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not good. I agree. Um, and we get some good, we get some good dialogue and learn a little bit more about Valeria, which is always fun. We have all these little side history lessons about Valeria throughout these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't know outside of going through there in the original series and hearing snippets here or there, we don't really know too much about it. So it is cool to get that background. He's even pointing out like, Here's where this was. Here's where that was. I'm like, oh, that's cool because we don't know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the stone men are there in in Game of Thrones. That's that's basically it. Yeah. So it is cool. I hope we do get more of that. I think we're gonna get more of that. He's like a a student of the history of Valyria, so I think we'll definitely get more of that throughout the series. But it's welcome for sure. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of got this little like sub theme here of this very scary um, crab feeder guy. So we get, we get a very gnarly open here with yeah, um, yeah. just some people kind of like staked up on the beach, being eaten alive by little crabbies. That's quite, quite horrifying. Very, very, very ominous tone too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I dig that. I dig any kind of horror element in this, in the series. So that's a cool little horror element. Obviously we can't do the white walkers, even though we mentioned them in the first episode, they're, they're hundreds of years away. So it, it, it's cool to have, he's got a very horror vibe to him, especially with the crabs. He's got like a freaking Batman villain thing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
just that weird like feeds people to crabs like of course he does why not <laughs> yeah and they give just enough for you to know like this is going on somewhere and it's a problem and but you don't get anything more than that so it's just yeah. this like looming um eventuality that we're going to get to see like this big baddie crab boy crab right. man <laughs> um, he actually is a crab um, yeah crab person yeah there's been weirder things in this show so that's true never know um but kind of leading right from there we we get our favorite small council chamber meeting um various things are going on in in these meetings especially these like cold open ones where there's just always a ton of stuff going on and sir ryan of the kingstar just gently passed away i thought that was an odd premise but they're at the root of it they're they're seeking a replacement um yeah and- so i i had texted you because we were a little confused on the the other guy that was following rainiera around and i told you that he was the lord commander of the night or of the king's garden obviously he wasn't it was the old dude that put the ball in the thing for yeah. the king yep. uh however now now that guy is the lord commander but yeah i did think it was it was odd because he didn't really look that old did he not but, gently pass away? Maybe there's more going yeah, on. Yeah, there. there might. Yeah, there might be more. Yeah, who knows? With the show, man, you never know, right? But that explains my confusion. Why, like, why wasn't, you know, why wasn't he with the king? Why was he with Rhaenyra? Here it is. He isn't actually the Lord Commander. He's kind of like yeah. the second Lord in command, Lord Commander. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, Chorus storms in and he's pretty pissed off because the, the crab feeder man is attacking pirates. Yes, but the last last attack like one of his ships was in there he's losing men the council general is like hey we'll reimburse you for your, yeah they're so your chill about it yeah they're so chill like he's like my my men and my ships are getting slaughtered and they're like we'll reimburse you for your men and your ships and send some money to their families like shouldn't we maybe stop this from happening more or you're just yeah, you're, like, you're missing throw money at it yeah, yeah. You're bit, but he yeah he's pissing and rightfully so, we get a little bit more on why he's so agitated about it at the end of the episode. But yeah. I, I like this this meeting for two things. You see that I love Corliss. He's just like a no bullshit, like we got to get this done type of dude. And I love those guys on these shows. But I also really like Rhaenyra's mm-hmm. kind of thing that goes on here because they do mention that, and I think it is here, that Damon has taken over Dragonstone, right? Yep. And he's gone uncontested for six months. So that puts us, like we said, six months after the first episode. So it's been six months, give or take, since she has been named heir. And she's still the cupbearer. She's still, nobody's listening to her. Like her life has not changed even remotely. Like it's no different whatsoever. So I really like that because she does offer up a suggestion. Which gave me, (laughs) Corliss definitely likes it. Why wouldn't he? But it gives me kind of like, crazy Danny vibes too at the same time. Like she's got that, like, let's just burn everything vibe going on with her. And I don't know if that's because she's, yeah, that might be true. But like the King, I mean, the King's a Targaryen and he's like, no, no, let's not. Yeah, that's true. And so I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, Like, I, I think it would be weird if, if she ends up being the crazy one in this, this story, but I don't know how it pans out in the book. So. Uh, you, you got to assume that somebody's going to go off the rocker. I, I think everybody's assuming it's probably Damon, but I would like to think that um, the book doesn't really give much inflection in terms of like their, their mental fortitude. Um, yeah. That's because it's like a history. So yeah. maybe it's kind of up for interpretation, but um, yeah, that's a good point about like 
I kind of just took that as like, you know, that's just how Targaryens, you know, half of them are like that. They like to just kind of burn stuff sometimes and just yeah. be actionable because they have dragons. So why right. not? Why not? Yeah. Um, and, and I think, and a, a good maybe reason why Viserys is, or Viserys is a little more um, restrained in that capacity is because later on we do get note that he was, I think they said this in the first episode, but he was the last rider, dragon rider of Balon, uh, yeah. Valyrian. And he was like one of the biggest dragons. So he might have a different perception in terms of like, yeah, they're pretty bad and dangerous and they're right. Yeah. 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 I think that I, I I don't know if they said that or if we talked about it in our episode, I I had thought that I had heard that he was the last rider, but it was like very brief, like a week or something ridiculous. And then he never picked up another or never got bonded with another dragon after him. So I think that's why we have not seen his dragon yet. I don't think he has one. Valerian was uh, the bond and I hope they go a little bit more into that because that's something that Game of Thrones did not touch on at all is the bonding between the rider and the dragon like it's like a thing that only Targaryens have so I would just like to know some more meat behind what's going on there you know what I mean a lot of the dragon man literally they got dragon blood somehow yeah but yeah I think we'll figure out in this episode or this series for sure yeah um but yeah, she has that good suggestion. She mentions like be a show force, right? Just kind of put everything in its place. Um, but he, he kind of, the king kind of follows up with a, they send envoys to the free cities to kind of find some common ground with these pirates and things like that. Meanwhile, Rainier Otto kind of suggests she needs to find better things to do. Um, yeah, they shoo her away. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like, um, the suggestion that he has is like to go help pick out a new Kingsguard. Um, and I like how that kind of like turns on him to some degree because we get to see this cool scene of like how a new Kingsguard's chosen for yeah. these very noble houses. And they kind of put these little chess pieces on the board for whoever's speaking, uh, which is a nice little visual as they kind of oversee them in the courtyard. But ultimately, you know, she very quickly is like, none of these guys have like actual fighting experience. Right. They're all quote unquote turning knights, right? Cause they're all just fighting tournaments. Um, but she knows her Christian Cole actually does have combat experience. So like she really kind of leans in on that and basically picks them. Meanwhile, Otto kind of comes in. It's like, yeah, it's more about political, you know, advancement and maneuvering. She's like, yeah, but pure logic, like the King's right. guard should be able to in Fight. combat defend yeah. the King. Yeah. He's like, can't disagree with you there right um, yeah yeah i so really flipped on him yeah i really like that i i, I kind of as soon as i saw him standing there i kind of figured because a he doesn't have a banner i don't think he even had he doesn't have a sigil when they put his little figure piece down it doesn't have anything on it it's just like a piece of wood it's like uncarved it's cylinder like, of wood. yeah so i thought that was cool it's showing that he's maybe coming from nothing and they say he's the son of a, like a steward or something and yeah. he was knighted and they kind of break it down. It sounds like some sort of thing going on in Dorne. He helped fight the Dornish. So uh, I figured that he was going to be the one that she was going to pick because I figured he was going to stick around. But yeah, I liked it. I also liked that she was like standing on like a little box, like a little kid, so she could see over the railing, which I thought she was kept, really funny. Like, doing the little like, yeah. chin reach. She's like, what's going on down there? Yep. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and, and she also certainly knows him from the tournament and she bested her uncle, which isn't right. easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, which comes up again later on. So 
Uh, this was cool. We just get a little bit. It's like it's like kind of like the the little small council spheres. Yeah, we just get a little bit more intrigue in terms of like how does the kingdom tick here? Right. Um, and this is one of the things. One of, one of the many important things that has to happen. You have to pick new Kingsguard. Yeah. Handpicked, apparently. Um, <laughs> I would like to know how many Kingsguard there are. If you're if yes. you're handpicking each one, I feel like we're like sub fifty. I don't know. Yeah, they well, they said that they have to go like through a test of some sort to even get to that picking thing there. Cause I think yeah. Otto's like, yeah, they all pass the basic test or whatever. I don't know what the test entails, but yeah, it's cool to see. It's not something that you really think about. Like I didn't watch in the original. So I'm like, I like, never thought like, how do these guys become Kingsguard? But it's cool to see it here because, you know, we're in the early days of the show. We need something to, something to fill up the screen. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it changed a little bit by time Game of Thrones was uh, in in full full flux. Um, right, we had there's some real there's pricks. so much yeah yeah <laughs> some real real bad guys on that yeah squad. Um, next scene, uh, we get Viserys here, um, having a little history lesson with Alicent over old Valeria model. Um, that's where we get the whole like there's a th- like that she basically asked like will will Westeros ever be as grand as uh, Valeria. And he's basically like, eh, not really. Um, they had like a thousand dragons, huge Navy, basically the height of civilization. And it's not going to happen again. Um, right. Yeah. And, they, they give me the, like, they're like the Romans of this, yeah. this era. Right. That's the vibe I get from them. Uh, but yeah, a thousand dragons like that, man, it's a lot I, of dragons. that's a lot of dragons, man. And it is cool that they say that they, the reason they did it, built the city on the volcanoes is because they were close to the power for the dragons. So I thought that was a cool little touch. At least they had a reason to build a city in a volcano. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I sensible person would know that you don't need a thousand dragons. If it means like you can settle for like 500, if it means you can build a little further away from the volcano. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. We could lose a few for sure. Yeah. I'm just, uh, like, I'm just curious, like they had a huge Navy and all those dragons, like were they contested by anybody? Probably not. Right. There's nobody out like even the free cities couldn't even stand against. They, they founded the free cities. I do believe to some degree there are some, I mean, it's just so grand, grandiose, like how that, that, that time in the world was like Westeros was just a bunch of like squabbling kingdoms that they would never contend them. So it's really just that like, here's the Valerians and then there's everybody else. Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. Um, so there probably wasn't a lot of need to be like, Hey, you are under our control. It's more like, nah, we'll just melt you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, a thousand dragons is kind of like a thousand star destroyers. And it's just like, eh, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, but I like, I like how we get this scene with them. Cause it's just exactly the same scene that we kind of started with when she first went to see him. So quickly just saying that like, Hey, it's been six months. They're still doing this thing. Um, they're just having these quiet little private history lessons, just hanging out. Um, yeah. you know, just chatting. Um, yeah, I dig, like I said, I dig Allison a lot. I don't think that she has any ill intentions of, of this, these meetings with the King. I think this is, all her father's got the bad intention or not bad intentions, but he's got a purpose behind it. I don't think she's even, I don't even think she knows. Like, I think she's just doing what she thinks is right. Uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? 
yeah and her her character at the end of the episode in the in like the post credit like explanation like her character she was saying like just out of like caring and like yeah yeah that's how i took sympathy for like someone else who just also lost their wife slash mother um and i was like okay that makes sense for her character but clearly like she should know that's not her purpose um right for her father because her father like the the one scene before he goes off to confront damon he's basically like will you go see the uh yeah, tonight? yeah and she's yeah. like if you wish and like right they have a little discussion about like picking at her fingers and stuff like that yeah which they keep pointing at to a lot i, I, I don't think, know why i think it has to do with the fact of like you said like her intentions are pure and like she is being played she's not dumb but she's being placed in these very precarious situations um where she just wants to hang out with the king um kind of or just with Rhaenyra, with the king, just like yeah, be friends with everyone. Like a young, like a young girl would want to do, hang yeah. out with the royalty, right? Yeah, but she knows, like in the back of her mind, like there's other things happening that's going to put her in places where she doesn't want to be, and we see that at the end of the episode, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she's aware of that, and that's where like her nervous picking just kind of comes from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's nerve-wracking situation, especially when you know your father is just like coming up with all sorts of like right right yeah like i mean it's i i thought about it a little bit because he he, i kind of compared him to to tywin and i do still get that vibe but he gives me a lot of little finger vibes as well especially with how absolutely weird and disgusting the last interaction they had in the first episode where he's like you should go see the king and like <laughs> wear one of your dead mother's dresses to do yeah. so. Like, come on, bro. Uh, he's so, little finger with like, like more of a backbone. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a higher position. He's little yeah. finger with a higher position. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the scene a lot primarily because of the Valeria stuff, but we do see that he drops like one of the dragon statues and it breaks that will come back up later on in the episode, which, uh, I like those little threads here and there, you know, like the little things that add up. So, yeah, very, very touching moment between yeah. them later. Um, and that's really all we get of their relationship um, in this episode. It's really just like the, the implied, like unspoken relationship that's building. Um, and maybe she is very unaware of what is actually fully coming to fruition, but the King clearly is not. I think he knows from early on um, what he yeah. intends to do. And obviously Otto is kind of plotting as well. Right. Yeah. I, and I, th- and you see that Viserys is kind of concerned about Rhaenyra finding out that they're having these discussions. Cause he even asked her like, Hey, you're not telling her about any of this. I don't think she'll understand. And she's like, no, I'm not. So you might be right in that. I, I kind of took it as, something that happens later in the episode kind of pushes him towards that other decision, yeah, <laughs> which true. he rightfully should probably go to that other decision. But yeah, you might be right because he's obviously concerned. Like if you're just having chill conversations with your daughter's best friend, it shouldn't be something you need to be like, Hey, don't tell her about mm-hmm. this conversation unless you've got something else in the back of your mind. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And all his interactions on that topic are all, geared in the classic like you're walking around asking people what you should do when clearly you know what to do and know, right. know what you're gonna do and you're just yeah. looking for like all Somebody the reasons to say it. Yeah. yeah all the reasons and justifications to like not do or do what you're gonna do and then right. your mind's made up so he's kind of playing a little bit of like a he's a little snaky in that i think in this episode yeah um, i agree 
but he's the king, like it said. He doesn't really have to explain himself to anyone. He yeah. says make himself feel better. <laughs> um, but the other part of this scene, which leads right into the next scene, is there is this one moment where Alicent has this opportunity to play. I don't want to say both sides here, but she works with the king and also Rhaenyra to like bring them back together after six yes. months of separation. Yeah. So she, in probably what maybe her father would use in like more of a nefarious agenda there to like, Ooh, I can, I can play with his mind, play with her mind and make an outcome happen. She really out of the pureness of her heart was like, you guys should just kind of like talk it out. Right. Um, and yeah. like, just want, you know, wanted to bring them back closer just because she, is a nice person. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. like a little finger type character would use that to their advantage. Somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird because I know that like right now her intentions are, are pretty pure and innocent, but I, you got to assume that they're not going to be forever. Right. right. Cause she does have auto high tower as a father and he's like the schemer of the show so far. So I'm curious if she's always going to just be this like innocent character because I, I had heard her compared to Cersei. And I'm like, I do not see where the hell that's coming from. Like, I don't know <laughs> if maybe that's just some YouTuber guessing or what. But I don't get those vibes right now. Maybe later down the line, she, she has is a about, flip of the coin. But by the end of this episode, though, she does make her like first like Targaryen enemy. And, you know, yeah. once you make one of those, like there's definitely another one that's soon to follow. So maybe she's not right now, but she's definitely going to piss off some people and out of like necessity, she's, she can't remain that way. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and she's going to be, you know, she's going to be queen. So, uh, you gotta, you gotta, gotta roll with that one. You gotta, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't really pretend you're not. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Rhaenyra and Allison, they have this kind of like hangout session in the dragon temple and really kind of just the whole point of this is to just hear how, Rhaenyra and her father haven't spoken and there's a lot of distance there. She gets the prey kind of makes her emotional and, you know, uh, Allison just like, go talk to him. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's more of this. We do get a couple of scenes in this episode where Rhaenyra is kind of like coping with what happened six months ago that yeah. she hasn't really and, dealt and with. And that is, that's not the sept, right? You know, I, I was really looking at that room. It's almost as if, you took the sept made it bigger because it looks like a five pointed star room they're in with the big right. statue standing all around them. So yeah. I don't know if this is like a different sept. It's, okay. It, it is the sept though. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's their sept. I mean, the building outside looks similar. I don't know. I'd have to see side by side to see if it looks identical, Very but similar. I do know that the, that, that the sept has been destroyed multiple times in King's landing. So I don't know if oh. this is maybe the one before that. I would but say yeah, so. the, the inside of the room looked because I think the the old sept had those statues as well, right? Yep, and it had the middle, but it was much smaller scale because right. like you could just fit like you know one casket of Joffrey in the middle, yeah, and enough room to like bang, on right? It. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you have the statues, the stairs, whereas here it's like it seems much bigger, um, yeah, much bigger, yeah. So I think it's it, definitely the outside of the building too has like extra. It looked like it, it, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, it must have rebuilt it for sure. Yeah, this yeah. one got destroyed, and because I know that the I know that it was destroyed before when the the, uh, 
the faith militant was overthrown the first time it was destroyed as well <laughs> by somebody else. So when in doubt, blow up the just sept. blow up the sept, man. <laughs> just rid it, rid all your enemies at once. That's oh, the way to goodness. go. <laughs> she, she, you know, that's the thing. The, these queens know their histories. They right? do. Alicent is yeah. a fond steward here of uh, Targaryen history, and so is Cersei. Cersei right. knew her way around things too. So. Yep. So maybe that's a little bit, a little bit going on there. Um, the next scene, cool interaction here. We, we're in the gardens, right? We, we've seen the gardens before, variations of it. Yeah. Uh, but the king meets with the court with Corliss and uh, Rhaenyras. Rhaenyra. I think it's Rhaenys, maybe. Rhaenys. It's it's basically just like Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, yeah. but with just an S at the end. Without yeah, Rhaenys. Yeah, Rhaenys. Yeah, I think it's Rhaenys. I don't know. Uh, um, to be honest with you, just call them the Valerians. The Valerians. <laughs> the king meets with the Valerians. Um, and the Valerians are essentially making a ploy here to bring their houses closer um, by wedding their daughter to the king, their daughter being 12 yeah. <laughs> um, at the time. But also, Corliss kind of makes his position be like, listen, dude, um, Crown looks weak. Damon's just out here claiming the Targaryen's like seat yeah yeah he brings up really yeah he brings up really good points it, absolute good points and and it's a little weird like the, he he says like a woman has been named heir first the time ever in passed. history uh yeah the queen has passed damon has seized the targaryen seat of power uncontested and foreign armies have gained a foothold in the uh stepstones Yep. So that's like not a good combo of stuff for looking powerful, right? And the king's just like, "Oh, you make my reign seem so bad." Well, like, well, they're all just facts, dude. Like four yeah. bad, four things that aren't necessarily traditionally a good thing. So right, and and let's be honest, he he's got he's got a reason to be so hard up about the stepstone thing, right? Oh yeah, like it's not it's not like. He, I, I don't think he's worried about the crown whatsoever. Let's just put it that way. As far as the stepsons yeah. go, he, he's worried about his house, but yeah, I thought he brought up really good points. It is odd. And I know that people are like freaking out about the, the daughter thing. Like here, it probably happened back then. It is what it is. We're, we're telling a show that's based on fantasy. Her mom of said a, they didn't yeah. have to bet until she was 14. Right. Right. So yeah, people are like, people are like real bet out of shape. But I'm like, a, the people that are bent out of shape of this certainly did not watch Game of Thrones because there's way worse crap in there. Uh, so, yeah, and it's kind of irrelevant at this point as well. You know, it was only to discussed. the end of this episode, it was discussed. It was only so. proposed, like nothing right. actually happened. And um, and honestly, it's weird because it, it it is a really good proposal and it's odd that he doesn't take it because not only would do they have like the strongest navy, right? the the valerians but they're also from valeria so they'd be taking two houses from old valerian blood and combining them so it's odd that he makes the choice that he does at the end but i get it it's just you know like maybe i don't know because they have an older son as well yep that seems like he should maybe fall into the family somewhere and I think I have an idea where he would if he did. But yeah, I don't know. I know people are bent out of shape about it. Like it's over with. I don't think we're probably going to hear about it anymore. Like it was a proposed <laughs> thing. It was a powerful, two powerful families coming together for a purpose. So welcome to the times, you know? 
Yeah, and um, later on, Otto bring like matches it directly. He's like, eh, she's a little young. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it's fine. Like, there's a lot of just like strategic of the crown business reasons why it should right. happen. Yep. Um, so, and you know, I don't think anyone's like rolling around on the show. Like, Oh yeah, let's do, you know, out of any sort of like weird child, like, you know, the, that whole topic, like no one on the show is presented as the person that wants, you know, there's no like weird right. little finger vibes. Like it's all yeah. just business. Right. Um, exactly. Of the times. So, no, I think they did that well. And like you said, it doesn't even really matter um, no. at the end of the day. So, you know, Corus making very strong case. Plus there is just like, you know, the Valerians, they, there's a little bad blood there. Um, right. Yeah. From the, and that's another thing that they bring up later in the episode with one of the guys that he goes around to talk to, like here, there's still kind of bad blood, a little bit of bad blood between you guys from the great council that we saw at the intro of the show. Where Rainey's, whatever her name is, we're gonna call her Rainey's for now until we figure yeah. it out. Where she was, Grand Mason mentions that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like everything really should be pointing him towards this decision, even though yes, it's a twelve-year-old. I get, I, I get it, but everything power-wise should be pointing him in that direction. Yep. Um. Yeah. So next scene, Rhaenyra and her father. They have dinner they really just kind of discuss the state of things they have a little bit of like discussion about like hey mother's past it's hard um she shares her fun story about how she picked a new king's guard he's like proud of her like he's like yeah solid interaction whereas yeah. i was like would be pissing about it um right <laughs> he's like nope sounds sounds like a good choice um yeah you did good and then it really kind of like some to like the point where she started to apologize for what happened in the small council and he's just like don't worry about it like you're young you'll learn um, basically was saying like, Hey, you made a bad decision or you made a good decision at a bad time kind of thing. Um, so they had kind of like a, a Royal father, daughter kind of like dinner, which was nice. And that was just kind of like a full circle of her conversation with Allison, his conversation with Allison, but also right. him seeking her, her, um, buy-in to remarry. Cause at this point for sure, it's a topic like, Hey, everyone wants me to remarry. Um, yeah. I know what I want to do in the back of my mind. Please just say, yeah, you're okay to do it. Not knowing what, what I'm really going to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like, I, I like this. Um, you know, I like the, the behind closed doors discussions in this, this show so far. So I like that. Also every character seems to have a, a, end game or a path they want to go down for their end game so that's cool for a show that's taking place entirely in king's landing for now outside of game of thrones where had we had stories all over westeros it's important to have those all those threads and we i think we even said like we were worried that maybe there weren't going to be that many threads in the show as much as there was in the original series and i think they're setting up quite a bit going on here behind behind the scenes and everything. So it's important to have those, you know, every character has got to have their own ambitions in, in a show this small. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the like overwhelming amount of threads that most people remember from game of Thrones was like season three game of Thrones. Right. Where, like it all had stacked up so much. Um, but in like season three, four, 
and five, like just everything under the sun was going on. Yeah. And I think people forget like first season Game of Thrones, like had a lot of yeah. threats, but like not like not as many, a right. ton yeah. that everyone remembers it for. So tons of characters. I think that we probably have maybe a handful, few characters because we all are just in King's Landing. So less locations, yeah. some less characters, but in terms of like threads being set up down the road, we're still, we're still up there on the counter. Oh yeah. They don't need to overdo it either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, things are confusing enough with the names and um, right. the yeah. timeline and everything else. So <laughs> let, let's, it's okay to keep it simple. They don't yes. want it to be uh, the same. We get a quick scene, which is also an important scene that is kind of like this stacking of this same thread. Um, the King's cut is being kind of treated by maggots, see the rotting flesh. And it's like the only chance to save his finger. They call it yeah, a digit. I, I, yeah. I would like to know a, I'm going to make a prediction. It's not, it's not going to blow anybody's mind prediction. I think we know where this, like he's, he's going to die from a cut from the throne is, is my prediction. Maybe not this cut. I don't think it's going to be this cut on his finger, but he will die from a cut from the throne, which will be really cool because it shows a, that he's weak. Like his, like his brother always tells Damn him that he was is. Right. Um, but yeah, first off, bro, like how did this thing get so out of, do you see this thing? It's black. His pinky is black. How so, did it get so out of hand? It was a just, freaking cut. Yeah. But it's just like, whatever's going on with his back, like either like, he's it's got like a poison throne or, or like, yeah, he's got issues or like, somehow it's poisoning him like there's just something else going on here oh, where, that like, would be he's a, just not cut out for that it. would be a cool touch if if somebody was poisoning with the cuts on the throne yeah i don't know i i, I you have to assume i know that you know i don't want to spoil anything i'm just making predictions it's probably right? auto dude just blame it all on auto that's what but I'm gonna do. you have to assume he's gonna die at some point because oh, yeah. you can't you can't have a you can't have a war for succession if there's a king sitting on the throne that's not how it works so that yeah, that's right. you have to know that we're heading in that direction but yeah, I don't see him being like murdered or poisoned or killed no, by nice his enemies. Guy. He's gonna get taken out by the throne. That's my yeah, pick. yeah. Someone's gonna, yeah. I agree. Yeah. But at the at the the center of probably medical technology at the time in in King's Landing, how did this dude's pinky get so horrendously terrible that it's literally rotting? And their last course of action is to put maggots on it. Like is the mace the maester just like took a day it took a week off or <laughs> he was on vacation for those six months or well the first cut on his back like they they don't know what it is that's the thing is like these are normal cuts that are somehow festering into something right. they can't handle so there is something more than just a cut going on here um he's got weak blood i don't know like, yeah something's up and it, it you know now that you bring it up, it would be really cool if somebody was poisoning the throne, uh, Otto or, or, or somebody. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? I, I, I just really dig the cut thing. Cause I know that that's something that happens a lot in the books, the game of Thrones books. It's never mentioned at all mm-hmm. in the series, uh, the original series. So that's going to be my prediction because I, I can make a lot of other predictions, but I'm, I'm pretty like almost positive that, are, that they're all going to happen. So I don't want to spoil too much. So we'll just stick with that one. got to get at least one prediction in the per companion episode. series. Yeah. One far off prediction. Nothing, right. nothing too close. Um, yeah. Like the prediction right now, like Allison and the King are going to get married and they're going to have a kid. Um, right. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's weak. That's weak. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but the, the, 
so like that's like the far off thread that's like kind of trailing here but the more near and dear thread is um the king brings up the conversation with the valerians um otto being a little like pissed that like this wasn't brought up in a small council and the king's like wittily like that's what i'm doing right now that's what i'm doing right now buddy (laughs) um there's you and the grand maester like you guys are pretty pretty key here um so you know really otto's retort is just like eh, she's quite young but then the grand maester shows up with like all the logic like all the facts and the logic yeah he's like i don't know like two great valerian houses she's young she obviously will a lot of good chance for a lot of heirs um strategically like it's the play as the you know the creepy mesa that just looks at like by the book like yeah. yep she checks out um, yeah <laughs> so i mean, Otto, it, and this is what's weird here and this is where i really get offset by Otto is he just kind of like agrees um he does yeah he just agrees his decision making is sound or whatever he says yeah um i think that i think that he knows that the king is questioning this decision or he wouldn't have brought it up behind closed doors like this. So I think he knows that he's got Allison in where she needs to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think he knows all this is going on and that's why he's not being, he's not overplaying his hand being like, no, you should definitely not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely not marry her. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just crazy because like, that's out of character for him for what we know as the viewer. Um, but yeah. also like, everyone's like telling the king like yeah bro it's basically like the best play you got everyone yeah (laughs) but then like there's a handful of people that are like yeah he's not gonna do that um primarily otto yeah and the king himself that's most most important here right um so quick succession here we get uh the king and liana the the to be daughter of the Valerians walking through the gardens really an attempt just to like get to know her better because the king has stated that he doesn't really know her well at all um, as he shouldn't. She's like only 12 yeah, years old. And yeah. He's like definitely 70. should not. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually fun little uh, thing. I think he's supposed to be in his thirties in the beginning of this. It's the gray hair throws you off. Yeah, but. I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can can we say late thirties? Like yeah, 39? yeah, it's late. Yeah, it's like I think it's like thirty six. Okay, um, but but I thought the same thing until but his cousin's until I heard like that. really old. She yeah. she's like in her sixties. Like the Valerians seem like they're in their sixties. Yeah, the Maybe women 50s. show that, the age. Valerians are in fifties. I, I I thought the same thing, dude. I thought he That's was like in point. his sixties, sixties or seventies. But yeah, he's okay. supposed to be like in in his mid thirties. We'll say mid to late thirties. Good catch. So two two important things from this scene. Um, we get more dragon lore, right? So she's asking, like, hey, you're the last person to ride Valerion. What was that like? Um and yeah, then- this is cool because we, we hear more about Valerion, which is cool, but we also uh Vagar. hear about yeah, uh Vagar, Vagar, Vagar however you say Vagar. it. Uh which is the current largest living dragon so big too big for the dragon pit too big for the dragon pit which is cool and he is alive somewhere they say where he they think it's nesting she is nesting um i think it was somewhere maybe in essos somewhere by coast of the the narrow sea sea or something i i assume essos um so i i do believe we've seen this dragon in the trailer 
I, if I'm right, I think we saw one. saw this big one. I can't wait to see it, dude, because the chart, if you look up, you can find the chart of all the dragon sizes. And they're not really landing it for me personally right now, the size difference, because if you look at that chart, the three dragons from the original series are literally the bottom three besides like one more that was the quote last dragon. And then we have, uh, Caraxes and Cyrax who are Rhaenyra's and Daemon's way up on the list. And they do not look, at least Rhaenyra's does not look that much bigger than Daenerys's. Do you, do you think they look bigger? I don't think hers looks any bigger whatsoever. Drogon was like, I'll send you the, I'll send you the graphic. Okay. You did. I found it. Uh, But you see how you see how the three are down at the bottom there. Put it up on the screen. You can put it up on the screen. I'm about to. Whoops. I did not do that right. It just seems like, I don't know, the the size difference is just not landing according to this chart on the show for me. So I'm hoping that that this Vagar is like massive. (laughs) Because if he's, yep, that's it. So if we look down at the very bottom here, we have the last one is the last dragon. That's the one that Tywin was probably saying had the skull the size mm. of a dog or whatever. Yeah. And then we have Viserion, Rhaegal, and Drogon, which are the three dragons that Daenerys has in the show. So if we go up a row and over three, we have Cyrax. Cyrax, okay? yep. And that is Rhaenyr- uh, Rhaenyra's dragon. And Caraxes. then Caraxes, I think, is um, Daemon's. Yeah. So if you look especially when we see them in this episode specifically, it does not look that much bigger. Cyrax does not look that much bigger than Drogon, Rhaegal, and and Viserion. Yeah, that's crazy, because I I, I would give Caraxes... Caraxes is huge, because we see see, um, Daemon standing right up in his face, and like he's big. He's big. Yeah, he's he's a big boy. But Cyrax seems like definitely... I would say maybe that's appropriate. I would say Cyrax is more like Grey Ghost in my mind in terms of comparison to Caraxes. Really? See, I think it's like it's like but maybe I, I don't agree with where where Danny's dragons are. They are at least like on the bottom row, but all the way to the left. Or at least at least Drogon is over there somewhere. Yeah, because the other believe. two are the other two are a little smaller. And if you look at the the diagram there, like. I don't know. The sizing's just not right on this chart. Yeah, Maybe they're telling me the Viserion is. is the size of an elephant. Yeah, yeah. it's really with a But just like... look at look at the human, and and try to compare like Danny riding yeah. Drogon. It just doesn't line up. She had like I mean five or six people on it in the Beyond the Wall episode. <laughs> yeah, so which is funny. That whole bit is weird. Anyway, you know what I mean? So. so either this either this chart is just like BS and made up. Or something's something's off here because yeah yeah I'm like not I, following I, it I'm expecting Vagar to be massive bro because he's all he's almost the way that these dra- in this world at least the older they live the bigger they get they never stop growing so Vagar's the oldest dragon obviously he's now the current biggest dragon because he's the oldest but well even based on that detail is that that would make Drogon and the Danny dragons really small because they really didn't live small, very long. Because they didn't live very long, right? Exactly. So, may, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just that Cyrax is very like chody. 
Like he's very yeah. short and stubby. Maybe that's what's throwing off the size difference. Yeah, where, we whereas Danny's de- were long and and yeah, you know we get I mean? pretty definitive scene though. Of I mean, I don't, I'm not. I don't. I don't have. I don't contest Caraxes and Cyrax. Yeah. But it's really like the Danny dragons just don't seem that small. They should be a little further along. But yeah. And then we do uh, in this episode here, another dragon named Dreamfire, which is that blue one there. Yeah. And I don't know per se. There are 17 dragons in this series, allegedly, that we will see eventually. So I don't know if this is all of them that we're going to eventually see. Could be. Seems like the timing's lining up on it with Dreamfire. Obviously not Drogon in the last ones there, but I like the one named the cannibal. That's the just cannibal. Like... Yeah. And the, I like the, uh, sheep stalker or sheep, sheep stealer. stealer. Yeah. 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 There's <laughs> <laughs> like a little callback to Danny's dragons going crazy on the sheeps back in SS. Yeah. Crazy. Nah, good graphic, even though it's hit or miss. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm not sold on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, now that that was a fun conversation because that's just like we know there's a big dragon out there somewhere. Right. Um, and at the end of their conversation, the other takeaway from this scene is like she really like stops and she kind of just recites what her father has told her to say. King sees right through it and is like, well, "What does your mother say?" Basically, something not much better. Like, "Yeah, don't got a bed." Yeah, until don't got a bed. Yeah. And the look on his face and like where he's at is like. I can't like she can't even oh, yeah. think for herself. She's so right. young. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you can right, tell because he she's she's totally rehearsed by her father. The line that she says is like, yeah. and he calls it immediately. Right? Most like your dad. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I like this uh, primarily because we hear about the dragon and we see that like this is totally not going to work. This little this little king queen thing we got going on. Even when they're walking away, dude, it's like what the hell? Like she is way too young, bro. She's yeah. like super short compared to him. So, yeah, not not she he's definitely not vibing with it. She's definitely obviously not vibing with it. Yep. Which is important. Um so we pan up and um, Rhaenyra is watching, not super pleased. Yeah. Um, and Rhaenyra, she kind of like bluntly just confronts her about the order of things, quote unquote. So we have, you know, the queen that never was very displaced by the decision, right? That was made many years ago to not have a queen. So she's really kind of bought into that. Like, this is just how things are. Yeah. And then in this, in this scene is where, where I got the Danny vibes where she's like, well, when I am queen, I will just make a new order. Yeah. It's like, Oh, uh, here we go. Um, yeah. Which, which is fine. Um, I'm completely okay with Danny technically just having traits of one of oh, her yeah, makes great sense. aunts or grandmothers or whatever. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. totally like she's like, Oh my grandma said that i'm gonna use that one right um, yeah <laughs> yeah i i really this is probably one of my favorite interactions in, in this episode to be honest with you um we we see we saw this a lot through the trailer so we knew like a lot that was going to be said here but it's still cool to see and it's cool to see that like she's just a grumpy old lady and i and i really enjoyed the grumpy old ladies in the show like the yeah you know the grandma in game of thrones is one of my favorites so yeah, I I like this interaction where she kind of knocks uh, Rhaenyra down a couple rungs because she is, even though everything in her life is pointing to like, hey, your life really hasn't changed much since you were named to heir, obviously. 
she does she doesn't need to be knocked down a couple more rungs because she's like here your father's eventually going to remarry and there's a good chance that he's going to have a son and when you die or when he dies the people are going to expect that your you know your brother will take the throne not you because you're a woman and she's just bitter because of the decision that was made at the grand or council or whatever they called it grand council yeah and it, this was a really good interaction because I want to say Rainey's came out on top a little bit just because yeah. she has a lot of facts backing right. her up about the reality of things. But then we also have uh, Rhaenyra kind of here with that attitude, that Targaryen attitude, just like Damon, just like Danny, um, which you want to back up. But you also see that breaking down a little bit as the reality, mostly this is like a reality check from Ren- Rainus, um basically saying like you're not just gonna get it just because they named you heir like right either accept that you're not or if you really want this like you're gonna have to do more than just be the cup bearer yeah yeah i love it yeah i love it man because she knocks her down a couple times uh yeah. in this conversation and, but she's like she denied them. you princess right yeah Rainy, they're going back uh, at each other i yeah i loved it a lot I, I, I really like the is that what you tell yourself when you're pouring their wine or holding their cups or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah I, I like what they're setting up here I, I hope we get more interactions between them I, I'm sure we will eventually but yeah. yeah I really dug this I really dug this yeah this is a good one um, and then really the the capper quote from um, her was men will sooner put the realm to the torch than see a woman ascend the iron throne yeah um, and yes, we do eventually see the realm torch in Game of Thrones. Right. Maybe not for that exact reason, but more or less for that same reason. Um, True. Yeah. Danny is to not be queen, so we're just gonna everything's gonna burn. Yeah. Even though she did most of the burning. I will um, say that for whatever reason, watching this show made me wish that they did not kill Danny's brother off and they like split and became like warring over an SS oh. together against each other, which would have been really sweet. Yeah. He's weak though. Um, but yeah, he was weak. That's true. I just watching this, he, I was like, man, I'm, I'm into the Targaryens, uh, you know, fight each other thing here. We got going. Yeah. And that's like the eventuality. Like he was completely too bought into the whole old way, right? Where yes. that's just how it was going to work. Yep. So he had no way of really guarding himself against, crazy danny it not um, working yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah he got his he got his crown One and then I, I do got to go back to vagar real quick so you, you have to assume that he, that dragon does not have a rider right yep like is he like in retirement he's like on the beach somewhere <laughs> he's in yeah. the florida of of he's westeros just, just retired just nesting took or off she, maybe like... it's a she yeah, she's like, I'm done with this crap. Like, yeah. peace out. Um, kind of like Drogon did. Um, he he took off for yeah, like a season there. Yeah, they you know when they get mad and done, they you know they just got to yeah, vent. Yeah, go yeah. go burn some go burn some goats. Go burn some goats, man. <laughs> um, so we get another scene here uh, with the king confiding Allison more pointedly about he needs a new queen and they want me to take uh, the Valerian daughter. And she kind of has some very, very catty, good comebacks where it's like, oh, any queen would be happy to have you much as, you know, 
I have had your company. There's yeah. a few lines in there where it's like, you know, he's just kind of like, oh yeah, this makes sense. You should be the one. Yeah. Um, and I and think that dawns the gift of the little stone dragon. Yeah. I think that's what pushes it over the edge right there. She gets that, that statue that he broke earlier in the episode that we were talking about has it repaired and gives it back to him. And I think that's probably, even though he has another discussion, I think after this with somebody else about what yep. decision he should make, I think this was the tipping point of the decision for him personally. I, I think those like, honestly aware of what is going to happen, sees that, see that as the tipping point, but otherwise they're not really giving it away though. This is like the first hint of like, maybe that makes sense. Um, right. Yeah. If you're not already akin to it. Yeah, that could so, be true. Yeah, I, I I knew before going into this episode that this decision was yeah. going to be made at some point. So yeah. if you're not well-versed in Thrones, this could have came as a quite a shock at the end of the episode. So, yeah, th- it's a good point. They're not shoving it down your face, for sure. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's hidden. Yeah, it's subtle, um, but obvious. Um, but then, then Otto kind of storms in. And uh, he's calling an emergency meeting of the council, and uh, the the king has to hear it directly. So, the the gist of this is, and this is where the action picks up. And as always, the action is centered around old Damon because he is a yep. man of action, um, and 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 is also slightly seeking attention. Um, so, he essentially, like the rogue prince he is, just sneaks into the capital steals a dragon egg from the dragon pit um, and bounces Yeah, the kicker, which really kind of makes people upset, particularly the King and Rhaenyra is the dragon egg is the one that she chose for her little brother, the yeah. heir of a heir for a day, Balon. Um, so this kind of prompts the King to be like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go like, yeah, it's funny. It's <laughs> yeah. It's funny how quickly he flips because at the beginning he's like chill about it. Like he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah it is what it How'd is. How'd this happen? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I wanted to know. Um, so currently only really the Tigarians speak in high Valerian, but also the dragon riders speak in high Valerian, which is really and cool. These for the most part, I think we can assume are private conversations being had that common tongue people can't understand. Right. Which is also, which is also really cool. Yeah. I thought that was a cool touch because obviously the dragons come from old Valeria. They're only going to be, talking to in high valerian so it makes sense that the tamers or whatever they are uh, are only speaking that so that i thought that was a really cool touch but i i i, I like this a lot because we do get a note alongside this <laughs> where damon pretty much is like hey <laughs> he's still on the nose <laughs> yeah yeah he's like hey you know i knocked up my 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 girlfriend we're gonna get married you're invited to the wedding and my drag <laughs> my kid needs to have a dragon so i just took the egg and at my house and, dragon stone yeah, it's yeah, not really come my hang house out. yeah come hang out so i i like that a lot i i the more and more i see of damon dude I, he's beginning he's creeping up from one of my favorite characters on the show and we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of them yet but what we have seen so far has been some of the best scenes in the series so far yeah, and Otto is basically like, hey, King, you shouldn't go. Um, Damon is basically <laughs> yeah. a man without limits. Like, he could right. kill you. Like, we have no idea what he's up to. And you don't have a dragon. Um, he didn't say that, but it's a good point. It is a good point. So, so Otto basically convinces him that he will go. King agrees. Um, next real quick scene, Otto gears up. This is where they talk about 
Allison picking her nails and yeah. he's like, why do you do this to yourself? And this where he's like, Hey, you should go visit the King tonight. I'm going to go do this thing. He's staying here while he's here. Yeah. Everyone's preoccupied. Just uh, go make that final. I feel like that was like the code, the code word to like, go make the thing happen. Like the final push. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, because all the scenes with Allison leading up to this scene, it seems like she's like we said, has, she's innocent. She's got pure intentions. She's just hanging out with the queen because he's grieving and she just wants to talk to him and hang out. But in this scene, she pushes back on her father a little bit. Like, if you want me to, like, she's not into it. It seems in this scene. Yeah. And it seemed like, uh, so maybe they are, you know, th- maybe she is aware of what's going on more than she's leading on in the series. At least by now, because at this point, Otto's been tipped off by the fact that the Valerians are making a push for marriage. So he's running out of time to make the make his play actually like come yeah. together. So I think there was some off screen action here where she is now more in the loop because magically, like he quickly arrives at like the obvious choice and she's very much in the know by that scene. Yeah, um, definitely. Which. I'll, I'll point some stuff out when we get there. Um, so real, real small scene there. Um, next scene, very cool scene. We have a very foggy dragon stone. Um, and basically we have Otto, the grand maester, um, Christian Cole and the Lord commander. So we have like a pretty hefty stack here, like half the council yeah. um, rolling up to Damon. And basically Damon and his gold cloaks, plus his horse slash girlfriend slash mistress. Um, <laughs> And then all the other named people in some Kingsguard. Um, <clears throat> Otto comes off real hot and it's just like, Damon, yeah. dude, you're embarrassing. Like, just give the egg back, blah, blah, blah. And he continuously this aggressive stance and the usual back and forth with him and Damon. Um, and it's just like not a lot of attempt to just not escalate the situation right yeah they definitely did not take the de-escalation class for the king's guard that they have to go through yeah i i this is like this is why Otto wanted to go you can tell that he hates damon he wants any chance he can get to push back on him in it in any way um, but i like that we're a we're on the steps that we see a lot in the original series this cool callback i gotta be honest with you I'm a little wishy-washy on the 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 new look of the castles and stuff. I don't know. It looks some of the scenes look a little off to me. Now, granted, I only watched this episode once. My internet was like absolute trash last night, so it was like 720p. So that might have been it. But um, I don't know. Do you think it just like looks faker than the original series? Like so, some of these shots, especially. Specifically, the King's Landing shots is what really stick out to me. They they just look yeah very very CGI. I don't know how to, else to describe it. Yeah, so I think this is um, I'm going to chalk this up as this is the exact complaint that people have with the with volume yeah. surround stage um, because those really big open landscape shots like it's just very clear you're kind of looking at a screen right um so yeah i think that's some of that kind of shining through and um i i think if they start i think that happens when you're looking at very like for especially 4k tvs like they're going to show you like all the detail and it's going to look out of place really quick 
Yeah. So I think it's I think it's that it, they're yeah, getting limits I, with that technology that should be used everywhere sparing. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except these like grand grand shots, Canning like shots. Yeah, like they need to go on location. For those. I agree, but that being said, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it looks terrible. It just no. looks radically different from the locations that we saw in the original series that we're seeing in here. They look very different now i'm okay with it if it's a cheaper and quicker and we can get these shows out quicker and these seasons out quicker i'll adjust to it i'm fine people aren't dying or getting injured in the middle of the night (laughs) yeah people are breaking their legs in the middle of a freaking blizzard trying to film it i'm cool with it it's fine it's taking a little adjusting i think the dragons look really good that's that's one thing that i think sticks out really good in in the episodes it's just the primarily the from the window Cersei style overlooking of the city that looks so much better. And that looked much better in the original series. Yeah. And that's another thing that the volume is going to do much better is bring, bring real life people much closer to like the CGI elements when they need to be there. So like you won't have any of these early game of Thrones shots where it doesn't quite look right that Danny's touching a dragon. Yeah, Danny's or, like looking in the wrong direction, looking at the dragon or something. Yeah. Yeah. And also when they did that, like it was an actual model, like because and it was all close up shots. And then you jump to CGI here. It's very pretty fluid that it's all the same cohesive thing that we see. Um, yeah. Everything that we see. Um, Damon's dragon like that thing is just like yeah yeah you I could will... not do that with Drogon and all of them in oh Game no yeah absolutely I will say even though I'm pointing out how I thought this scene looked personally it's really just the dragon stone stuff the cinematography in this freaking scene is is beautiful dude oh, no cool. matter no matter what once things pop you know obviously things pop off a little bit swords get drawn uh Otto's like, dude, it's gonna be a slaughter. Like, just give me back the egg, bro, and we'll leave. This is and, this uh, is his little finger element coming out, where it's yeah. like, dude, you power is power. Like, you don't yeah. really have a play here, buddy. Right, um, exactly. But he does have a play as as his dragon his. as his dragon comes popping around. Yeah, it is his. Cyrax is his. Yeah, but he, Cyrax and Rhaenyra didn't come there on Otto's word. No, 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 Cyrax. Is Cyrax Rhaenyra's or Caraxes is Rhaenyra's? Caraxes is Damon's. Okay, Caraxes. I'm sorry. Uh, Caraxes. I'm talking is his play as he comes peeking. Oh up yeah, I'm saying him. I'm saying Otto's little fingerness about him. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. really have a like a right anything to stand on here nothing, against Damon. Nothing. Like yeah, nothing. Um, and I like it. I, I I always even in the original series, I enjoy people seeing dragons like that <laughs> don't normally see dragons and the reactions to them. But yeah, I think. He looks awesome, dude. That dragon's cool. I like, like I said, he moves a little weird, but I think it's just the way that he's built. He's a worm. Is, yeah, he's like a worm. Uh, but the coolest shot by far, the coolest two shots is Rhaenyra coming in oh, through yeah. the freaking fog, dude. The fog like going up. Uh, I just like how they always hear the dragons first. Both right. of those dragons, like they heard Caraxes coming, yep. like the the weird like nasally like yeah squeals that Caraxes makes, and then yeah. you hear like the typical like dragon screech of um, Cyrax, and then right. all of a sudden poof through the fog, like yeah. right up in front of them too. Yeah, 
I absolutely love that. And then the shot of the sun in the background and the dragon yeah. flying up. Uh, dude, that's like, that's almost up there with the moon shot from season eight of Game of Like mm. the cinematography, like we're, we learned a lot from season eight. You can tell in, in this season, like we're, I think we're going to get a lot of these beautiful freaking yeah. shots throughout the series. And we're episode two and we're already getting one. So, uh, but I do, <laughs> I do again, I really like the saddle that the dragon has yeah. on. It even has reins, which I thought was hilarious too. Um, and she kind of pops in kind of unannounced, right? Like I think, yep. did her father even tell her like, you're nope. not going or something? No, like and he didn't even know anything about he didn't it. He know was pissed about that it. she just left without saying anything. So yeah. she, she basically did this cause she's like, it's not gonna, I think she doesn't want anything bad to happen to Damon. Right. She also wants to recover the egg safely. Um, she's the only one that Damon listens to. So there's a number of reasons why she knows clearly this is the better play than sending hot headed, like with auto a, to do it auto with like a, an agenda here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On top of her new Kings card, like she's not trying to have like a bunch of people melted. So like, yeah, as like yeah. kind of like a queen to be that has like some sort of know-how about how the world works and how to address situations like, a show of force like someone just needs to that can send up to damon who has a dragon needs to come just like like dude like what's the deal yeah and i and i love how aggressive she is with him too oh yeah like they start talking in valerian you can also tell the the mistress is there i you could tell that she was getting irritated about something throughout the show i didn't i i didn't pick up in this in the scene what she was getting irritated you could just tell multiple times she's irritated with damon in some capacity but i i love that rhaenyra is like here like if you want your your you want to be the arrogant you you have to kill me so go ahead and do it and be done with all of this mm-hmm. and she knows that he's probably not going to to take that course of action but I like that he just gets irritated, turns around, walks away, and then throws the egg at her. But I do have a prediction. Another one. <laughs> Here we go. I don't think that's the real egg. I think he kept the real egg. Oh. Uh, he's either mm-hmm. going to keep the real egg or he's going to acquire another egg at some point in the, in the season specifically. Uh, we'll see if that pans out. Uh, but go ahead. I was going to say, well, like what you said, why you don't know why she's like upset his mistress. Well, there's a lot of like weird stuff going on here and then into the next scene all about that. So like to some degree, it's a lie that she's pregnant. She's not. Yeah. Um, yeah we also, learned that that's why that they're not getting married. Um, like right. basically that was all a ploy, which kind of dials us back to like, really, it was just Damon trying to get attention from the right. king. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of why he just like childishly tosses the egg back to her. It kind of just like fine, Renura. You win this round. Um, yeah, <laughs> all good points. I really just want to like fight Otto and like just have something really ridiculous happen because it's been six months. I'm kind of bored. Right. Um, that's kind of <laughs> like his attitude. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, she, she totally kind of just um, manhandles him a little bit, which is really cool um, to see. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how I feel about his mistress character, and I think she might be a relatively big character in this. She has a character spotlight on HBO, so I don't know why mm. she would if she wasn't. But I don't know. It's maybe her accent. I don't know if she's if that's her real accent or if she's doing that accent. I don't know. Something's off with her. I saw the spotlight. Uh, that's not her real accent. Okay, but she that... did. She is adopting some sort of um, broken, common like 
I don't know what it is. It's almost like what I feel like people got upset about to Jar Jar Binks about. Yeah, um, yeah. Like doing like broken, broken Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But I That's also want to say it is some sort of like dialect mixed in there. But the fact that it's so broken in the common tongue, I think, is unnecessary. Like she. But it's also the show that she is a kind of like a lowborn, yeah. As well, and that's um, fine. It, it's fine, and I think it's primarily it's not necessarily the accent that I have an issue right. with. It's maybe the way that it's being acted out along yeah. with it. You know what I mean? It just seems like it's almost making her seem like she's a really bad actress, and I know that that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. But to to be fair, like I could not imagine acting in a different accent. Like that's got to be difficult to begin with. So if you're not like tip top acting shape, that's that's a hard hard pill to swallow, I would imagine. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something about her, it's just not, I'm not jiving with it. Yeah, I think once we get to know more about her, maybe, maybe. we'll kind of start to click a little bit. But this is the first time we hear her like really speak, and like she didn't sound like that in the like the first episode. I didn't re- yeah, that's why I thought the same thing. I didn't remember her sounding it was just like really that strong in this one. And yeah, I'm not sure what exactly is going on there, but did feel a little out of place. Yeah. I don't know if she's like it, it, maybe it was the layering of seriousness with the accent and the brokenness that was Mm -hmm. making it bad because the, the scenes we saw before obviously weren't in any serious capacity. Really. It was all the whorehouse stuff in the, in the first episode. So. Yeah. And their conversation is really weird too, because she alludes to like, she didn't like that he put her in these like dangerous lies with powerful people. And like, he's like the prince he can afford to have these fights with the King. Um, right. She's really just this. None of that is why she came to him and like yeah. is with him. And she is with him to be saved from like fear or something like that. Yeah, It was a really, I did it. This didn't like really sink with me. Like what is going on here? Um, why, why he lied, why he, she cares so much about that, her real purpose. So like, there's just like a lot of weirdness. Yeah. We need more. Yeah. We need more background on, on exactly what's going on here. Because I think that he seemingly loves her in some way, or like he's being like the cool boyfriend. We're like, eh, nothing's yeah, a big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he says multiple times, even in the, in the kind of standoff, with Rhaenyra that like he didn't choose his wife that is back in the veil mm-hmm. and this is the one he chooses. So I think he, he loves her in some way or likes her more than his, his yeah. wife apparently. But yeah, I don't know. We need more background on, on what, what is going on her with her specifically because the line yeah. like to be saved, I like to be saved from the whorehouse. Is that, is that the extent? Like she didn't want to be a, a brothel worker anymore you know yeah. i don't know it, it, it maybe was we'll get one. more yeah for sure yeah yeah very cool scene wasn't like the biggest fan of like the context and like how that all kind of played out so hopefully we get some more like padding around that and that starts to yeah. make more sense um so this is the other um conversation where the king is really uh, at at his last straw trying to like find someone to really talk him out of this, but he just needs that boost to like, yeah, I'm going to do what I do. Yeah. Uh, so Lord Lionel, I don't know what his official like title is, but he's on the council. Yeah. He's on the council. He's always by the grand maester and like the, um, master of coin. Yeah. But basically, the king like goes to him because like, he's just like, I want your unencumbered opinion. He's like, this is what I'll give it to you. And basically he's like, Mary, 
um the valerian girl the valerian girl <laughs> yeah. like everything points to that right and this is where you can see it in the king's like acting where it's like he's just looking for anything to be like he just wants one person to be like, one, don't do this. Yeah, he just wants <laughs> one person to do it. And um, he can't do it. He can't and he can't it. do it. Yeah. And it's it's almost like he's being more encouraged to just do follow his heart, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. And this dude, this dude is the bluntest out of all of them, I think, on what decision the king should make. And he and he even says like Driftmark makes a better ally than yep. than an enemy, obviously. Fun fact, I had to look this up because I really want to know where Driftmark was by the oh, end of yeah, the episode. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah. It is, it is, if there is King's Landing, there is Blackwater Bay, then all the way at the mouth of Blackwater Bay is Dragonstone right behind. So as soon as you pass Dragonstone to go to King's Landing, you pass Driftmark? the island oh. that is Driftmark. Oh, wow. Um, so it's all real close there. Huh? All, that explain all... that explains the timing in the, the later part of this this episode a little bit better. Yeah, we're not doing any time jumps here, or right? Any, like any any fast travel, like we I was, were doing in Game yeah, of Thrones. I was curious about where that was. Um, it makes sense, also, I think, for the stepstone stuff as well, because that would place the stepstones in between that and Essos, right? Yeah, correct. Map yeah, it's in the narrow sea. Um, yeah. I so stepstones because they are like the connecting closest like land connections to right. Yeah, I uh, yeah, that's cool. I also do want to point out that Corliss says that those shipping lanes. I think he's talking about the shipping lanes that the stepstones are threatened. Um, those those ones that are threatened by the stepstone stuff going on is their last defense against reavers from the iron islands, which I thought was cool. That's like a little callback to Theon's mm, yeah. house <laughs> there. And they're obviously still doing their, their Look reaving thing. Okay. That, so that's the, so it's crazy. So right where my little magnifying glasses, that's, that's Dragonstone. Dragonstone. This is Driftmark. Driftmark. King's landing. Yeah. The Dorn sea Dorn stepstones are really just a bunch of islands that are the choke point between at the Southern of the narrow sea. And basically those shipping lanes obviously let you get to Corth and a lot of free okay. cities. They let you get around Westeros to yeah. the other side of the continent. So that is a pretty important spot there. Right. And it's crazy that, you know, they're all just like, yeah, no big deal. Pirates. Yeah, right. They're like, yeah, whatever. like that does not look like a safe place to have a bunch of pirates. I would imagine. It. But yeah, the, the weird thing is, is like, I wonder if, if the pirates were making some sort of, issue for Essos and that's why they sent these people because they said they were sent there to rid the stepstones yeah. of the pirate infestation. Yeah. There's so. there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things that can go on with that situation. Like we have pirates, we have pirates that are fighting pirates, we have pirates that are more more organized and yeah. that are just like torturing other pirates and pillaging trade right. routes. So lots of fun fun um I guess medieval um, politics, yeah, for Whereas, sure. like Star Wars and space politics, this is a uh, medieval is, yeah. <laughs> fantasy politics, yeah, all the boring stuff, um, we all like, yeah, so, so yeah, slowly getting more of the uh world. And I like to think this is where um, Vagar is nesting He's somewhere up here. out there, somewhere, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want some tells me it's up there. Um, <laughs> I have a hunch, that's my that's my that's my guess, my uh. We'll see. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess he's a little closer to the stepstones because I oh. think I think 
we're, we're maybe going to see him during warmer, this episode and stuff. We'll see. Warmer, yeah. close enough to Valeria. Yeah, right. could be down there. Good point. Um, yeah, so the king just can't find anyone to like tell him not to do the right thing. Um, nope. So Rhaenyra returns from Dragonstone. King is surprised and also upset. And I like this interaction with them because he starts off very upset with her. She keeps this cool, calm, like, listen, I did the right thing. You can't really tell me otherwise. Um, And I think he ultimately sees that in her. And he's kind of like, I forget how much alike you both are. And I don't know if that was a nod to her mother, his wife or Damon. She is a lot like Damon, but I think that was more a nod to her mother. She's a lot alike. He doesn't say though. So that would be the more endearing thing to say than like, Oh, you're just like Damon. No, it's like, eh, you're just like your mother. So that was a nice conversation, but also um, this is his final, like, do I have your blessing to marry someone else Renera? And she's like, hundred percent do what makes you happy. Dad, you're the King. Um, Clearly. I like, I like this actor a lot. He, you can see it. And on his face that like he knows what the outcome is going to be, but like, okay, cool. She said, yes. Yeah. She's like, remember this. You said, yes, I'm going to do what I'm about to do and you can't be mad at me. Right. Yeah. I like, I like this guy a lot too. It's just, I, I I can't, I I can't get too attached to him. You know, he's he's got the Ned vibe going on right now. Like one of those characters you think is probably going to be around for a while, but really isn't. But yeah, I, I, I like any scene that has him and Allison in it specifically and him and Rhaenyra too have really good conversations, but he For needs me, to grow a little bit of a fucking backbone against Corliss, man. Like, yeah, chill this dude down a little bit. Like I get that he's pissed, but when, when we get the, the kind of reveal at the end of the episode, why he's so irritated about, about it, it's kind of shitty, you know, I think. Yeah. For, he plays the passive King so well. Yes, he does. It, yes. He, he plays the passive make everyone happy King so well. Yeah. And then I think I like the fact that in this episode, he's making a play that is like purely out of his own, like desire plus maybe autos. Right. So here's this thing that he normally he's like making everyone happy, but he's about to do this one thing that is going to make a lot of people upset. Right. Yeah, exactly. He, he plays it so well. And, and it's just a great character. Yeah. I think he's, he's got like, because the, be, who was the King before him? Jaharis. Yes, Harris, Harris, the guy that at the peacetime Great king. Council yep. was a peacetime king, 60 something years. I think he's he feels the need to carry that on. Right. Yes. The, the peace. So to to his fault sometimes where he should be doing maybe something about the Sepstones. That seems like an issue. But <sighs> um, yeah, I like it. He he does the peacetime or the the good king far better than Tommen did, where it was just like way <laughs> too overboard good. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, right. He, he's a and, very functional good. Yeah, and I think that's just a product of the times as well, because everybody like they. If you look at the King's Guard now in this show versus the King's Guard in the original show, like they're radically different. Like those yep. guys were vicious animals. These guys are like chill old men just hanging out with their with their cool armor. <laughs> and, and I think, and I think that's why he supports and likes Otto so much. Cause Otto yeah. manages the, the peacetime politics where Repeat like, there's that. always a, a peaceful solution, to everything because nothing's really violent or bad. Right. 
Yeah. Um, let's just send envoys to Essos to kind to try and deal with the pirate problem. Like, right. No, no, not a man of action at the moment. We'll figure yeah. out something peacefully. Right. Um, Do you think that we're ever going to learn about what he sent to Old Town, Otto? What What the Raven said that he yes, sent to Old Town? Yes, we have to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have to. They can't start dropping threads that early. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> people will get on them really quick for that. For sure. Everything has to be important. Um, so the next day, small council gathers and we're focused on uh, the king looking out the window. And this is interesting because the back the room is kind of blurry, but um, Otto is already sitting in the room. And I believe Rhaenyra is already standing by her cup station as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe the maester is there, but everyone else enters the room off camera. Like we see them in the background walking in. And when we look back at the king's face, but when the king turns to really tell them what's about to happen, magically, um, Allison is standing by her father. Very out of place. Easy to miss if you're not paying attention. Um, but yeah. on the second watch, I was like, well, yeah. It's very obvious, like, because why, why, why would she be here? Right. And no one else in the room questioned why Allison was there until. Oh, was, also true. Yeah. I no one, no one knows, that. but she's just standing there, and it's like, well, yeah, duh. Like, yeah. No, no one's <laughs> yeah. like, well, why, why are we starting with two women in the room? Right. Like, this is <laughs> right. really a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so I like how even before he even says it, that's when they play on that and Rhaenyra like is like, Oh shit. Yeah. Allison's here. Like, duh. Like what are you right. about to do? So I like how they, they structured all that. And as the viewer puts that together, like Rhaenyra, we're kind of with Rhaenyra. Yeah, absolutely. Here we're like, yeah. Oh yeah. I totally didn't see or care why Allison was staying here, which is completely out of place. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Really well put together scene. I didn't even think about that. But I, I do when he makes the decision, I, I love when he's like, I, I have decided I'm going to who I'm going to remarry. And Corliss is like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro, here we go on our way to the throne. And then he drops the bomb. And I, I just love that he was so cocky in that moment. Like he knew for sure that he was going to make the decision he wanted him to make. And he didn't end up doing it. And Rhaenyra is so supportive. She even gave that final look to him. Like, <laughs> let's do it, Dad. Like, I'm I'm with you 100%. Right. Moments and later. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And it's funny because it's almost immediately like she gives that nod. And then it's like seconds later, she realizes like, oh, shit, my best friend is standing in the room. <laughs> like, Why this is, is probably. Oh, yeah. Where's where's oh. the little girl that my my father's going to marry? So. Um, yeah, I like seeing the, the satisfaction on Otto's face as well in this scene. Ooh, smug, like, smug, yeah, smug little very bitch. Smug. I don't like him at all. And, yeah, and uh, so, <laughs> and Corliss obviously pissed. is pissed. Um, I think he calls it like an outrage or something ridiculous and storms out of the room. Rightfully so. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get why he, got he, played. why he did it. Yeah, he totally got played. And he, uh, he just went from like the best day to the like worst back to the right. worst day. Yeah, he, went, right. he went from having the best day in a long time to back to like having back a normal, normal shitty day. Shitty day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rhaenyra f follows suit pretty quickly after as she is as visibly she should be allowed to 
as she is visibly shaking that her father is now about to marry her best friend, which has got to be awkward. And, and she called this out to Allison in the in the sept when she's like, you know, I know these men are like scheming their schemes when I get sent out of the room. Yeah. Well, here's a good example of like men doing their schemes. Um, right. Very good point. Out of the room. Yeah. So, and I also like back to like when she's picking the King's guard, I just wanted to call out Otto's like mansplaining to her. She, yeah. He's like, Oh, that's a good, that's a good pick, but this is what you should really do. She's yeah. like, uh, nah. Yeah. Um, they're so. definitely driving home, uh, women's place in this, this specific time. And I think that's really what the whole sh- series is built around. Right. Is, is a kind of the whole trying to get power. Yeah. And it's kind of the whole premise of like this entire war that's building. Right. right? And yeah. the whole civil war of the Targaryens. Cause they're like, Hey, half of them are like, clearly there's lines of airship here. And then it's not really fair that people weave their ways around them. Yeah. Um, in clever right. little ways. I mean, that has to get annoying, especially when like your family's all marrying and in- intermarrying and right. Shit, it's like, it's, it's really confusing, really quick. Very confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't just, you, like there's always that chance you're going to be the heir. Right. But meanwhile, people are, you know, people don't just marry out of family and then off goes the, the lineage. Like, yeah, if long as you're a Targaryen, there's a chance you're going to be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just as long as you're in good with the rest of the family. You know, right. <laughs> play your cards. So that's really the bulk of that scene. Um, and we, the last bit there, right before Venera storms out is Alicent is upset that she upset her best friend. Um, yes, that's the last very. bit there. And this is like the like fruition of all her nail picking is that like, she finally upset like the person she knew she was the eventually person. going to upset. Yeah. 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 Cause there's only one outcome there. She's like, Oh, I'm going to marry the King. Oh, what happens then? I have babies with him. And then what? They're the heirs. And that's yeah, not Rhaenyra just, or yeah, Damon. It's or- awkward, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a awkward position. Yeah. That really does explain the nail picking. Like maybe she did know this all along. Like she was maybe playing the innocent mm-hmm. uh, party, but maybe she was well-versed in what her father was planning. And that's what was causing the nervousness she- the whole time. Yeah, whether she wanted to accept it or not, she was well aware of like the implications of where this was going to go. Yeah, because she's even doing it like at the tourney. So you, you can assume that maybe she even knows this is a potential plan going into because the mom's still alive at, at that point when she's doing it. So maybe this is all. Well, it may, maybe not as implicit as that, but definitely Otto is like, hey, make the princess happy make the king happy, make me happy, make everyone happy. Yeah. Right. And then slowly as things get further along, he's like, eh, let's just make the king yeah. happy. Let's um, just be right. <laughs> don't worry about your best friend. She's like, yeah. well, my, she's my best friend. So I think it, it's, it's an evolution of things, but Otto is always kind of like, Hey, do this, do that. And it conflicts with her normal self. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And then we get the last scene. Which was really for me the first like didn't see that coming. Um, I really thought <laughs> Corliss was so upset over the whole situation that he was meeting with the crab feeder and was about <laughs> to go in with the pirates. I don't know. I was yeah. like, no way. I'm like, we're about to see this gnarly crab feeder guy. Um, yeah, I was uh, just gaming. Yeah, I dug. I really dug this scene because we get 
a we get some really cool shots of well, not really cool shots of drift mark but cool little snippets of the way the designs of everything are there like the yeah. the coral reef half coral reef half human face statue that's in there some sort of wicked sea creature skull sitting on the table it's got a very ocean ocean vibe rightfully in, so in the character profile basically he has like his place decorated with all the uh trophies of his great voyages across oh, the cool. seas so yeah. he did like seven voyages over over the seas and th- these are like his his trophies yeah his that's cool that's really cool and then we get uh, a little bit more history on the valerians which i was really into because we don't know too much about them outside of they came from old valeria um, but he basically they're basically the lesser house next to the mm-hmm. targaryens and he even says they might even be older than the Targaryens, they are according to some textbooks. So uh, I, I really like that. I like that they didn't the have reason they, they didn't have dragons. They weren't dragon riders. That's why they had to kind of carve their their way out on the ocean. So I really dug that. I thought it was, I'm alongside you. I didn't know who was going to be sitting there, um, but I thought it was shocking that Damon was sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes I sense like, though now that they're neighbors, basically. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. They're right next to each other. And I was gonna say, like, I want to know when we got here. I was gonna want to know where Driftmark was because it was like this dude like bolted from from the meeting, and then all of a sudden he's back. <laughs> he's he's went home. It's yeah, just probably just, like a couple yeah. hour voyage. Yeah. So that makes uh, more sense. But yeah, these two together, I'm into it. I love it. I love it. I love it. These two are now starting to slightly partner up as Corliss tries to talk him into helping with the stepstone issue. And this is the thing that I said was a little shitty earlier is like, he does not care about those shipping lanes outside of anything besides drift Mark. He says, if those, if those go down, it will beggar our, our kingdom. So he doesn't care. Like he, even though he's trying to get the throne to help him with what is essentially his issue, and Driftmark's issue, um, nobody seems to be listening. And I think that shows that maybe these aren't as important to the crown. These shipping lanes aren't as important to the crown as they are to Driftmark for whatever reason. Or maybe the king's just like super chill, no anti-war dude. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, th- I do think there is a portion of the king that's blinded by his affection for Alicent and yeah. the weaving of Otto has over him. So... I think because Otto thinks it's okay and it's not a big deal because it's not part of Otto's agenda. Like, forget about the shipping lanes. That's a Corliss issue. Um, yeah. Corliss sucks, right? <laughs> just let him deal with it. Right. We'll just, through money, through just normal politics, we will just appease him. Um, yeah. So even if even making an enemy of the Valerians is a true and true bad idea, it's not Otto's agenda to make them happy. Um, so therefore it's not the King's agenda to make them happy. So I think that's why this sub thing just kind of falls to the, the wayside here in yeah. terms of like the crowns caring. Right. Yeah. Good point. Um, but yeah. Um, but he has the bit there that really, there's a couple of cool lines. Like, um, course started to kind of berate on the King and Damon was like, Hey, only I kind of get right. to do that. Yeah, I like that. Just yeah. chill out, dude. Like, yeah. And they were all Targaryens and we'll melt you. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but Coros kind of like poised it as like his chance to like show his worth almost yeah. right to the King. Did I catch that right? Yeah. Um, 
which I thought was interesting. Like, hmm, Damon goes out, fixes this problem for you. How does that really make the king slash Otto like impressed? So it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, it's it. It's funny because it's it does not seem to be a concern to the king specifically, even though the the other dude on the on the council that we don't know what he is he even says like we're on the brink of war here in the stepstones so he's concerned about it but the king doesn't really seem too concerned so i don't think it's going to land like damon is probably thinking in his head it's going to land that he's going to be the savior of I mean, of the stepstones or whatever i mean if he's already go. seen as like a uh a rogue squatter yeah. Right on Dragonstone with like an army. Um, this could seem as like he's definitely expanding his power. Uh, right. To like right. claim. Could, yeah. And another thing with like, you know, we do see a diminished, like, we have a very unmatured Kingsguard. We have the first of the gold cloaks, and they call the gold cloaks, which is the city watch, like an army, right? So I think yeah military forces are very different, right? We don't have, everyone doesn't just have standing armies like in Game of Thrones. I think it's very much like, hey, we got dragons. Everyone else is kind of militias and militants. Right. So I think it's, I'm not sure how, when we'll see like real scaled out war. I don't think people are provisioned right now in at this time for oh, yeah, war I wouldn't think so. at the scale no. of like the Lannister army showing right. up, which were essentially Romans. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, and none of them, none of them have even seen war. Like yeah, literally, so probably nobody that's alive has has seen real, legit war. So, yeah, it's interesting, and they play that up in the first episode. I think Rainey says something like they're all green and they never they never seen war before. Yep. But yeah, I uh, I I dig this combo. I think Corliss is is really good at sweet talking Damon into helping, hitting all the right notes for Damon. But Damon doesn't come off as stupid either, so I'm sure that he's he's got a a plan of his own as well. It's an interesting point about Damon is like I think those that are naive think they can manipulate him, and I think he even lets people manipulate him. Yeah, um, to a degree because he is very much a wild card. Right. He's like, you know what? I'll play your game, like whatever that is. End of the day, I'm going to spin it for me. Um, yeah. So I think he is easily manipulated as we've seen, but that doesn't by no stretch of the imagination mean you have control over Damon. Absolutely. I think that's where like someone like Littlefinger would go wrong with Damon. He would think he has Damon under his control and then he'll just be like, dude, yeah, I will run you through with my sword very easily. No one will do anything because I am the prince. Yeah. Um, or my dragon will just eat you. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, as they're discussing that, we do get another scene with the crab feeder where we finally see him somewhat for the first time. Is and that I, him? I thought so. Yeah, I think 100% that that is him. He's got a badass mask. I like his mask, and I'm pretty positive he has grayscale, correct? He's got some gnarly skin. He, yeah, It looks like say... grayscale for sure. If I had to guess this dude has got grayscale, I don't know if that's playing in. He's like it starting to tip the crazy part of grayscale. And that's why he's doing all this. He's, he's definitely, I I, I mean, I would bet quite a bit of money that that's grayscale. It looks just like what Jorah had at towards the, the end of his grayscale journey. I was so distracted by like 
the crab torture and like, yeah. the fact that he does look like a Batman villain. Um, right. He do- yeah, he does. It's kind of like the penguins like cousin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I like his design, man. And I like the horror elements he's bringing. I'm hoping I'm hoping he doesn't die too quickly, but he, he probably is going to because we, we got other wars to get to. This is just a. Uh, spot for us to flex our our battle muscles here in the early yeah. part. People just need to see dragons melting stuff, right? Yeah, um, and the, yeah, and this is where I'll basically say like I'm not watching the previews for the next like episode ever again because like I, I watch like trying to find the like end of the episode recap with their showrunners. I I like. I stopped they say first they showed me too much in the preview. So I'm like, okay, no. Yeah. And then I skipped to the part where I was like, okay, here's the showrunners. But I went back too far and I saw more of the preview and I'm like, geez, stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. They, I think they are showing way too much in these previews, especially on, on this one specifically. Like there they are act some like stuff... I've read the books. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know. It's weird because I, I thought I remembered the preview for this episode having the battle a battle of some sort in it we didn't get any battle at all i don't know if it was maybe i'm just misremembering the crab feeder scenes here nope so if you can okay so the first episode it was like in the coming weeks so they gave like a hyped up preview almost like the trailer and just showed you like what's coming over the next like many episodes now this one seemed much more pointed it was like hey next episode boom 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 all these things are happening we're gonna tell you right now i'm like stop yeah yeah and it does like i said it looks like we're jumping another big big gap here so we'll see i don't know i don't know maybe we'll start looks excessive maybe we'll start to jump around but the problem was is i saw the thing and like they were still the same like actors and i was like yeah right i'm like i'm getting confused now so yeah it's a I, I yeah, I wonder how long it's gonna. It, dude, it looks like it's gonna be, maybe like a year, maybe even longer. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully that I mean, was still like another like many weeks from now. Maybe, maybe another. Maybe it was. Yeah, I don't it could know, be. Could be. Keep that stuff away. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that wraps this episode. Pretty good episode. Um, I think we're just kind of fanning out into more of what this show is kind of gearing yeah. up to be. So I think we just kind of have to get, get lost a little bit um, and not know everything about it, which is completely fine how it should be. And that's why right. I'm going to stop watching those. Uh, yeah. I'm done too. Yeah. I'm done too. Especially after this one. Yeah. Screw that. They're hard to, they're hard to avoid though. If you want to watch that freaking after, uh, I know. Should put it separate, like after the, the after thing should be like a complete separate, separate video yeah, and the extras. Yeah cool well you got anything more nope all right that's it we'll cap it here thank you everyone for uh joining tonight hope you enjoyed this found it informational and useful um i know we enjoyed doing this visit showboysmedia.com and tune in this thursday where chad and i will be uh, doing a throwback thursday on a video game it's five years old so i think that constitutes as a throwback thursday but uh we're gonna be Chad has joined me on the love for Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, yes. So we will be we'll be discussing that that game at length. Um, 
I'm I'm very happy for this episode. I'm yeah, I know you are. You've been talking about it for I've been talking about it for started. like four years. Yeah, yeah like, you have. People yeah. are just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, I mean, I mean, am I insane? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, help, not. send help. Everyone's yep. like Odyssey, and I'm like, no, trash, trash. Sneak peek for Thursday. Odyssey <laughs> trash. is trash. trash. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll end right there. <laughs>